All right, welcome to another episode of Catholic Mindset, where we create Catholic content for Catholics. Today we have Father Remy Morales, part of the chaplaincy of the University of Pennsylvania. He deals with student life and student ministry. Today we're going to talk about those things, and he's going to tell us all about his experiences. And we also have Joseph Asenas, which is a good friend of mine. He has been on the show before, so welcome back. And how are you guys doing today? Doing well, Alejandro. Thank you for the invitation. Awesome. So, Father Remy, let's dive right in. So how did you end up at the University of Pennsylvania? I ended up here because I was sent by my order. I'm part of, I belong to a community called the Sodality of Christian Life. We are mainly in Latin America. And uh, <clears throat> Archbishop of Philadelphia requested our presence here in Philadelphia in 2014 to minister to the students of Penn and Drexel Universities. We are in the University City, that's the name here in Philadelphia. Like 40,000 students in the area, from which like 10,000 are Catholic. So that's the goal of our ministry here, to attend those Catholic mainly, and then being open to receive all other confessions as well. <clears throat> so I was in here in 2017 as a lay brother and then became a priest here. So you said Latin America. From where in Latin America did you come from? I come from Peru. I was born in Peru and lived all my life there. My order was also founded in Peru and now it's in different countries in Latin America. And I was asked if I would like to come here and help in the ministry here as a priest. So I came as a lay brother and then I was ordained priest here. Mm -hmm. And how long ago were you ordained? In 2019, three years ago. And how has been your experience? My experience as a priest has been very different than any other like traditional priests uh, because of the setting that I, I am in. It's a university setting. More like 90% of the people we help here, we serve, are students. So that means that I'm not baptizing too many babies. Those are very few occasions in the year, maybe it's 10 weddings in a year or six, five baptisms but a lot of masses a lot of confessions a lot of groups and leading the young people closer to jesus a lot of people converting to catholicism from other denominations or from other religions that's a lot so it's an adventure something very different that's cool you see conversions at in a campus setting oh yes especially because <clears throat> it's a very international context i mean the upen is one of the most important universities in the U.S., and that draws a lot of international people. Very smart people from different countries. They come with many religions or without religion or with a lot of confusion. And then there's a lot of human tension here because naturally there's a lot of stress. They realize they're not the best as they were in the original places or countries or cities. So there's a lot of tension in terms of who am I competing, comparing myself with others. I'm not so great. I'm not so smart, so efficient, so beautiful, so strong, whatever. So all that leads like to an inner crisis in that stage of college and to a search for identity, for something deeper. So after bouncing, after suffering, many people end up coming to the church. Around 20 years old, yeah, looking for something. So it's, it's beautiful. It's a whole process. Let's talk a little bit more about that confusion or questions and tension, are they, are they similar? Because I'm thinking, are they bringing questions or are based of 
maybe just things they don't know? Is it confusion because they don't know themselves or, or they lack that identity? Or what are some of the issues that they're bringing to you? They come with a very, I mean, it's very like the most evident thing and immediate thing will be loneliness, uh, a lack of belonging, a lack of true friendship. They have experienced like immediately they come and they want to connect with a group with any like experience of belonging. So that can be in a fraternity, sorority, a club, a team, whatever. But they found sooner or later after they find sooner or later after a year or so that relationships are not so meaningful. They betray one another. They are not so sincere. They don't they don't have a, a common aim of what will make them better persons, a better version of themselves. And that is kind of acknowledged, but at the same time, they don't know that there's another possibility. They have no idea that there is a way of being a better person, truly, an objective way. Not, not, not a relativistic way, but an objective way of being better. A truth or a way of loving one another. So that's the confusion. It's an experience of loneliness, uh, sadness, but at the same time, where should I go? Is there another option? There's, they're lost. That's what Jesus says. Like he's when he hard, he hardly moves when he sees them, like a flock without a shepherd. No. So the first thing that we have to do is let people know that we are here, that we exist, that the Catholic is our response, is the way. I mean, it's the best way for them. I mean, Jesus. If they find any Christian denomination that is solid, good for them. But if they find a Catholic Church, that will be amazing. So the first thing is let us let ourselves be known through the media but also going into campus now how we do that yeah it's it's another question i don't know if you want me to go deeper into that yes i was going to ask you actually joseph and i were talking yesterday during during our pre-podcast meeting about what kind of questions to ask you we were talking about how like how how do you engage with the students right so we have to make it attractive for people who are scared confused or don't have any attraction for the faith or prejudices against the Catholic. So how do you overcome those barriers or prejudices is by the most important thing is like friendship, like a friendly face, but that friendly face coming from their peers. That's very important. It's not from authorities, not from older people, but the people that are already committed because there's always a little percentage that come and draw and are naturally like, love the church because they have been in their families they have been well raised and they have prayed i don't know so those people are the first ones that we like welcome and train and help and educate and form make them fall in love with jesus prayer life study everything and then they go to the campus they go and start connecting teammates classmates everything they go to campus we invite them to for example we have thursday night every we have a free dinner night we call it the, the new man night that's free chicken parm. They love it. And it's like if they're not going to receive a class or a serious academic session, it's fun. But then they are invited to the Tuesday, which is, um, so the Newman dinner Thursdays, the Tuesday will be the Newman night where it's more, you have a session, you have a class. I mean, or we invite an interesting speaker about a controversial or interesting topic for them. And they start loving it but at the same time the community that they experience that's the most important thing the most beautiful drawing experience is community friendship the way they are welcome we i mean we help our students that are very committed 
to learn that they have to, we, we are fostering here a radical welcoming, radical welcoming. Doesn't matter if the person who is coming is not naturally from your culture, from your language, from your style, that person is Jesus. And you have to welcome that person with all the love that you can. Show interest, respect, listen. So we had food, a community, and then fun. So that's the beginning. Then the person wants more, Sunday Mass. Sunday Mass is also something that people come at the beginning, right? But Sunday Mass, so important. In the Sunday Mass, we have four Sunday Masses, and after each of the Masses, we have socials. And that's very important. For that's very important, the donors. Look for donations, because here the students don't have money yet, no? So donations for a good free lunch after the most important Mass of the Sunday. Mm. Well, essential. And then the next step will be, if the kid is interested, I mean, you see already the kid is once more, so we have the small groups. And for that, we have 10 focus missionaries. I don't know if you know about the focus missionaries. <clears throat> focus is a fellowship of Catholic university students. So we have kids that are a little bit older than them, they're 23, 24, 25 years old, and they are dedicated to reach out to them and to start and lead small groups, which are Bible studies, but center, I mean, with the presence of Mary and leading to the sacraments. <clears throat> so something that is very important among the focus missionaries is helping the kids get into virtuous friendship. Virtuous friendship. Aha, uh -huh, that's how they call it. What does that mean? That a friend is somebody who makes me a better person, somebody who leads me to Jesus. Mm. It's not some, it's not a utilitarian friendship and it's not a friendship of pleasure, which are not bad in itself, but that's not enough. So having a friendship of pleasure is a person whom you would, you like to go to party or you like to go to the, to play tennis or soccer. I mean, it's, it's good. There's a common, but that's not enough Or a friend of utility, for example, a coworker or a guy in your class with whom you make your homeworks or projects. Okay. It's. It's not bad, but it's not enough. Virtuous friendship, friendship is deeper. Open your heart. You trust. They, you accept one another. You show yourself vulnerable. You ask about the deepest longings, and you help that. I and mean, that is what we're looking for. And that is what happens in the small groups. It's not only theory. It's not only catechism. It's not only prayer. And no, it's deep friendship. Ten focus missionaries is a lot done here. Um, uh, the University of Miami has three, mm -hmm. has three that that just left. I understand for the summer, but they'll be back when when semester starts back up. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting them because I, I I learned about them. I actually learned a lot of, about um, Catholic organizations when Focus had a mini Focus conference at UM. So I went. I met a couple of many other organizations that had tables. So Focus is a good organization, I think. Yeah, it's a very, it's orthodox, it's solid. They, for example, uh, the missionaries have like a, uh, the uh, discipline of daily prayer, of an hour of holy hour. I mean, a good training, but then a good spiritual life. I mean, they're invited to have it, right? <clears throat> Now, something that is important with missionaries is that they feel welcomed by the ones who are ruling or leading the parish or the new message. So we have a great collaboration. We are really friends. We have a staff that be becomes a family. If they don't have that, it's very difficult. The missionaries are very young people, uh, 23 year old, 24 year old. So they need like that fatherhood, that sense of family, so they can feel free and creative. <clears throat> so we have 10 because 
5R for pen and 5R for Drexel. And with among themselves, some were more dedicated to the athletes, some more to the Latinos, like that, or to the fraternities and so the Greek world. So that is also a process that starts like developing as we gain more experience, right? So I can imagine that the the, the environment there, even though you mentioned that that ten thousand students are are Catholic, do you also mm-hmm. have? And you have you're talking about a lot of students. You have mm-hmm. forty thousand students. 10,000 10, are are Catholic. So you must see a plethora of beliefs and understandings, and like you mentioned, confusions, questions, tensions. And but the secular environment here in in the United States and around the world is very intense, right? So what are what are some of the things you have experienced, or can you expand on that? Yeah, the secular context here environment is very intense now, and for those ten thousand Catholics that come, they many of them feel afraid of sharing their faith, especially in the context within the classes within that environment, because being religious is seen like awkward, like medieval, like not scientific, not modern. So they tend to reserve that faith to the subjective realm. It's not something serious. That's how they feel. It's not something objective. It's just like your opinion, your feeling, your position. So that's very important to talk about the truth, to start a conversation about seeking the truth. What is the truth? What is the ground of everything? Um, but then even that, I mean, they start, so they, there's a transformative process in the students in that sense, because they realize, okay, okay, okay. Uh, there's like an aggression, like a passive aggression against our faith in university, in all these settings. That's a fact. So I have two options. Either I flow against, I swim against the flow with energy, or I'm going to be trapped by it. By my, my friends, parties, by the teachers, the professors, by everybody. So that sparks a fire, something very, an intentionality forward a transformative process. And that is very important because if you see that in the history of the church, saints have been forged with adversity in the midst of contradiction, of, of persecution, of all of that. So that is something that we are appealing to, like become yourself flowing against the, the current, the trend. It's an opportunity and it's beautiful. How they're going to do it, the method, the best way is the way of Jesus with the disciples, which is go heart to heart. It's not the most smart way to stand in the middle of the class and face the professor and the teacher with arguments against abortion and whatever, uh, or like that. I mean, maybe it's going to heart to heart. Start by friendship. Start by your friends. Start by showing interest in the people and do the things that they enjoy. And you can do that also with the teacher, with the professor. But start by friendship. Go to the heart. And then the mind starts to open and to be more docile to the arguments, to the reasons to believe. But you're active. If you are going to be passive, you're going to be dragged by, by it. So it's Can an opportunity. Yes. Father, he, uh, let me try to understand it. Like the strategy of the how you run the ministry and the kids is the key is to have a relationship first before before they can share their faith uh-huh. with their peers and also with their professors is is that what's happening yeah the key and is that's good father that uh, at least 
the school are allowing them to to share the faith huh? because i heard in the news like they're getting shut down they're getting silenced by by everyone in the school i don't know how how do you manage the school itself to to make a policy to stop the, the students to share their faith no they cannot stop it i mean they cannot force the, the sign they can ignore you they can privilege and prioritize other events other than yours mm. they can not support you financially that's that's how they show that but but in the practice they cannot shut, silence you because it goes against what they are saying which is tolerance and freedom so they that gives us an opportunity yes they're not going to give us resources or too many spaces in in the, in the social media or nothing but we're going to work with that space that they are giving us uh, or for example the instances of solidarity with the needy we have we are the catholic church we have a lot of initiatives in that sense so sometimes they reach out to us for example the coaches of the football team or the swimming team or the lacrosse they want to help the need they want their kids and the teams to be in touch with the needy and help do some social work so we, they reach out to us or mental health issues in the whole pan university suicidal thoughts and desires like sadness they reach out to us because we have charity for them because we receive we have a system so and we are the greatest religion in general i mean first will be the non-believers at all and then will be the catholic church so in that sense we are a strong support although they don't want to support us they want to ignore it And uh, what's what's the story, Father, during the COVID uh, situation, okay. like two years ago? First of all, like everybody was... shut down and and everybody's at home. So first, first of all, a challenge because everybody everything was emptied for a year, a little bit more than a year. People studying in their own places, no attendance. The church was closed. Then it reopened, but with a little bit of people. Now, what happened a year ago, exactly the fall of 2021, everybody came back and you had double. You had the people that were freshmen, now sophomore, and they had the first year of freshmen online coming to look for us. And then the freshmen that were studying that last fall of 2021 also coming. And many people who were eager for communion. Like I, I will say that effect of, of COVID has been very positive here, extremely positive. A lot of people really looking for God and looking for community, for bonding, for friendship. So but the effect has been a multiplication of commitment, of small groups. Beautiful. It's a blessing. I mean, it's not only humanly explained. It has to be explained by the action of the Holy Spirit as well, mainly. But it has been huge. So every day, Father, you... Um... Uh, you guys offer masses, confession, and also mm -hmm. confession every day. Every day, yes. Wow, how many I mean, priests do you? Uh, it's only you, or two priests and and four brothers. The brothers are consecrated brothers, religious brothers, because my order wow. is a combination of both. And so every day we have two masses, one at noon and one in the evening. Usually the evening one is more for kids, for students. The the noon one is more for adults that work in the area like teachers or staff of university and then yeah every night 
adoration. In the morning, also adoration. And that's what we have. So after COVID, one thing is we have a little less people coming to church. That's a fact. But the number of commitment is much bigger. The, the, the number of people, the percentage of people that go to something else other than the Sunday Mass is much bigger. So that's interesting. In general, in the whole church, you're going to see less attendance to Mass after COVID. But here you will see more commitment. Because we had people to receive them. So having apostles, having missionaries, having committed students to receive, to welcome the new people, the new fish, that's essential. I want to go back to also some of the challenges that you may encounter. There's people out there that believe that science and the Catholic Church are not on the same page. You know, I, I disagree, obviously, but I wanted to give you, what would you say to that? Absolutely, they are in the same page. Mm -hmm. Christianity. So I'm not saying religion in general, but Christianity is an ally. It's so clear that it's the foundation of, of science. Because we believe in Jesus with the logos, the reason of the world. And the Gospel of St. John starts like that. It's very interesting. No? Matching with the book of Genesis, the beginning. In the beginning was the logos, says says St. John in the first chapter. The word, the mind of God was in the beginning and he was with God the Father and became flesh. And then when you see the book of Genesis, it's saying, and God said, so the Logos was pronouncing, God was pronouncing with his Logos creation and bringing out into existence the star and the galaxies and the systems. So when you see that the religious foundation to science, it's beautiful because you can see in science that science is presupposing that reality, creation, matter is intelligible like you can read it you can you can apply your mind and match it with the logos that is hidden in biology and the objects in in chemistry in physics everything is understandable because there's a match between the human reason and logic and the logic within hidden inside the reality of creation and matter i, I like what you mentioned that you know, the creation is, or the explanation to is, is hidden in, in our reality. And that, in a way, science helps us unravel the secrets or, or the complexity of things. And, and, you know, why is that fire burned or, or why are things cold? Everything has some sort of order, right? That has been written by, by the creator. Even, even, even the ancients knew, like the Greeks and the philosophers knew that there was an order, right? That's what the word cosmos means. When they describe the cosmos and the galaxies, cosmos I understand it order. means order exactly. So, they even they, were, they they knew there was some sort of divine order. Everything is speaking about an intelligent design that transcends reality. Like for example, the bees. The bees have designed their how to say panal. Uh, their hive. The a bees, hive where they store their their honey. The shapes are hexagonal shapes, and they have been it has been proved by science that that shape is the best to store the, the most amount of content with the least spend of material. And those bees have not gone to MIT to study that. So there's a sign that is underlying mm -hmm. an intelligent, an intelligence. So I don't know. Yeah. It's science is pointing to God. Uh -huh. So you, it's putting you on the edge so you can take the leap of faith. But God is a gentleman, so will not force you. So the way to go to get to know God 
goes beyond the reasonable, that the scientific. You cannot see God in a, in a telescope or in a microscope. He's beyond it. Accepting that is very humbling for the human person. The heart, the human heart needs, mm -hmm. needs that humility. I have a question, Father, because um, I was born in the Philippines, so I, I didn't grow up also here in the U.S. So my college was also in the Philippines. And over there, we're free to say about our faith and even our professors were saying about our faith, about their faith. And, and there's, no, there's no friction the way I see it here. Mm -hmm. um, my question is, it, I believe there's also Catholic professors in the university, no? Yeah. Is, is there a, you, can you share a story that maybe some of them got converted to, to, to being a Catholic? Or professors becoming Catholic or students? Yeah, professors being a Catholic. So the majority of professors who are Catholic here they are repressing, I would say, they are repressing their faith and they are suffering with it because the system is not, doesn't allow them to profess to express anything about their faith. So, and they cannot invite students to something, to church, for example. Uh, the system is, they have a whole, they have the eyes of the authorities of the university behind them. They don't feel free. They come to mass Sundays, but that's all. They can give a talk in the Newman Center about their scientific realm, but it's very rare to see them openly doing it, like supporting the Catholic Church. Some of them have done it, maybe a couple, coming here and saying something like that just in front of us. But they will not go and invite people, or they will not go and express their beliefs for. I don't know, for all these controversial realities, for example, the sexual morality, all that involves homosexuality, abortion, family, etc., they will not say it. So, yeah. It's not easy um, how about the students? They're on fire on faith. There's some of them who wants to be a nun or wants to be a priest? Yes, many. We have many that after one year or so of commitment in a Bible study in a small group of adoration, maybe three times a week, coming to mass daily. They start discerning. In general, like girls are more receptive to the faith. No? So they start question. And then many men. Now, the great difference is that for men it's easier because men always have the diocesan priest as an option. Girls depend on a religious order, and many of them are older, so they don't connect. So what has happened is many of them start discerning. We help them in the discernment, and they end up in different orders. Some in ours, some in the Franciscans of the Renewal, the Capuchins, the Jesuits, diocesan. So at the end, it's easier. You have more girls with the questions, but more men end up in religious life. Mm. As in our mm. case, we see here. In the ministry, Father, is there a nun? Who's, who's serving? Or? So we're, we're lacking that. We have two orders that are nearby that sometimes pass by of, of women. One is maybe too old to be attractive to the kids. Uh, I mean, the, the members of that order. 
because the youngest is the youngest sister is 65 or 70 and the girls here are 20 so it's not easy <laughs> then you have another order which is very attractive to the girls which is the sisters of life i don't know if you know them they're very famous right now no but that order is dedicated to pregnancy crisis to women that want to abort those kind of things so very it's very specific so the girls like those sisters but that's too specific kind of vocation. They want other things. So, so I end up not, not easily connecting with them. Yeah. So what in general, some are gonna have the are gonna have the end up in a in a religious vocation, but that's that's not the goal. The goal for us is to help them become saints, like owning their identity as baptized Catholic Christians and becoming missionaries as married doctors lawyers, whatever. You are a Christian means you are a disciple, but not only a disciple, but a missionary. You cannot be a true disciple of Jesus if you are not at the same time in mission. So that is the transformative transformative process. A missionary disciple is what I am. So you become yeah a chain in the in the in the, in the like a bond in the chain for others, you know, with your profession, your talents, whatever. Got it. Father, I know that you are, I know that you have to go and I appreciate yes. your time, but normally we start with a prayer, but I forgot to ask, can we end with a prayer, please? Could you lead us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for bringing us together, for all the gifts that you pour in our hearts. Holy Spirit, which is always gentle, peaceful, docile. And that is what is bringing us together, Alejandro, Joseph, and me as brothers, as disciples, missionaries, please help us to be on fire for you, first of all for you, to love you above all things, and then to be smart and to discern how to help you wherever we are at, but always growing, always moving forward. Our Mother, Our Lady, Our Lady of Reconciliation, you're the one who, are, who is healing us, you're the Mother and the Refuge of Sinners, Help us to be in peace and to rest under your mantle and to be also your children and your soldiers. Thank you. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, of God pray, pray for us sinners, now and the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank, Thank you very you. much, Father. Thank you, Father. God bless you all.